On today's show, Jamie Foxx is still in hospital three weeks later, and the family is now asking us to pray for Jamie. Should we be worried? The Dune Part 2 trailer has officially arrived, and there's a lot to get excited about. The Snyder Con happened this week, and a lot of people are saying they were kind of disappointed by it. Should they have been disappointed about it? We'll talk about that. Also, now that the writer's strike is on, what does that mean for upcoming movies? Can they even still make movies? We'll address that. The new James Bond is being talked about a lot in terms of big-named actors, but she would be looking at no-named actors. That and a whole bunch more. The John Campion Show starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campion, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff, not just giving you our opinions, but giving you information and context so you can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different from ours. Joining me in the office today, we got <laughs> Ray back there, Jen sitting back there, Jonathan is running the show. It is Wednesday, that means it's Chris Carr's day off, but most importantly, you guys are here. Thank you so much for being here, making this show part of your day. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it into two parts. In the first part of the show, we're going to talk about those predetermined topics. Then in the second part of the show, we're going to do something a little bit different today. It's a bit of a slow news day. So I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to not only take your tip questions that you guys have been sending in, which you can send in anytime, 24-7, any hour of the day, at our tip link at streamelements.com slash johncampia slash tip. So we'll address those. But also... If you're watching live today, we will also take live questions. So if you guys have a live question, the super chat links are open and you can send those in and we'll get the, to those at the end of the show. All right, guys, with all that down, let's get into some stuff here. We're going to start with something maybe a little concerning. You guys remember a number of weeks ago, it got announced and the news came out that Jamie Foxx was rushed to hospital with what they called a medical complication uh, of some sorts. Now, we didn't know a lot, but the initial report said maybe there wasn't too terribly much to be worried about, which was good. And then we even heard a little time later that, hey, Jamie's okay. Thank goodness, Jamie's okay. But he has been in the hospital now for three weeks. He's still there. And apparently, according to some reports, the family is now asking the public to, quote unquote, pray for Jamie. Uh, this comes to us from the folks over at Joe Blow. Uh, who write the following. It has been three weeks since Jamie Foxx was rushed to the hospital following a quote-unquote medical complication, and details are still unclear as to what exactly it was and what shape the actor is in, with updates few and far between. However, TMZ reports that those close to the Oscar winner are now asking fans to quote-unquote pray for Jamie. While this may seem like a dire request, a source told People Magazine last month, he's okay, thank God. He's still in the hospital and doctors are running tests, but he's awake and alert. They're keeping him under observation. Still, coupled with the pray for Jamie comment and uh, one wonders uh, what sort of update will be provided in the next time we hear about Jamie Foxx. After all, three weeks in the hospital, despite being quote unquote awake and alert, may cause uh, some concern for fans. All right. So listen, Jamie Foxx, listen, you'd be forgiven with the over-the-top personality that Jamie Foxx brings, not only in his movies, but also in his commercials and stuff like that, right? He's got this boyish, 
uh, bouncy, kind of infectious sort of energy. You also forget this guy is an Academy level, uh, he's an Academy winner, number one, but he is an Academy Award level actor. Having He's got an Oscar on his mantle, folks. He's that good. So not only things like Ray, but like Collateral, Dream Girls, Django Unchained. I mean, on and on. I love him in Baby Driver. I personally, that's, that's one of my favorite characters of his is in Baby Driver. And I'll tell you what, like, I don't want to be one of these people that's running around saying, oh, let's all panic. Let's all panic. But as somebody myself, um, you guys, some of you may not know, maybe some, some of you guys don't know this number of years ago, I was in, uh, I was in a Muay Thai class with UFC fighter, James Sandman Irvin, and I suffered two heart attacks and I uh, ended up in the hospital and I was not in the hospital for three weeks. I wasn't in the hospital for three weeks. I had to have surgery and everything, but I wasn't even in the hospital for three weeks. So as somebody who, you know, has been through an experience and I had to be in the hospital and, and all that kind of stuff. And I go for surgery. It, it, I'm just saying as a fan with no insider information, as a fan with no insider information, I, it makes me worry a bit because I, I understand as somebody who went in for, uh, with heart attacks and had surgery and they didn't need to keep me more than three weeks. Because that's how good they are these days. <laughs> that's how really good they are. So I'm not saying that there's anything terribly wrong with Jamie Foxx. Again, I don't know. I have no inside information. But I'm saying as a fan of Jamie Foxx, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm a little bit worried. Especially when like requests from family come out, start saying pray for Jamie. Um, so again, I don't know officially what's going on. But if you are somebody... Uh, who believes in the power of, of positive thoughts or prayer. Uh, and you're, if you're a fan of Jamie Foxx, but even if you're not, uh, maybe we should all be doing what the family is asking. And that's pray for Jamie. Anyway, guys, uh, question is for you. What do you think about this story right now? Jamie's still in hospital, apparently. All of our best thoughts and well wishes go out to him and his family, of course, obviously, and hopefully we'll get really good news very, very soon. This dude is a treasure, and uh, I want to see him on screen, um, not, not in a hospital bed somewhere. So uh, how do you guys feel about this? What are your thoughts? Jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this, shall we? At CinemaCon last week, one of the truly joyous things that happened for us as movie fans who were there was they showed us some footage of Dune Part 2 and they showed us the new trailer for Dune Part 2. And we loved it. My wife, Anne, of course, her favorite movie of all time is Tom Hanks's Big. That's her all-time favorite film. But Dune, who she had never read Dune, never seen the original film, never watched the sci-fi miniseries of it, nothing. I took her to see uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune and I had no idea what she thought of it. And as the lights went down, or as the lights came back up, I should say in the theater, I turned to her, I'm like, well, what did you think? And she turned to me and said, it's my new favorite movie. She's later qualified that to mean other than big. So let's not get carried. It's favorite movie other than big. 
but it became her second favorite movie. And it won six Academy Awards. It won more Academy Awards that year at the Oscars than any other film. Didn't win the top prize of Best Picture, but it won more Oscars than any other. And many of us who watched the original and loved the first Dune, we have been waiting with great anticipation. Now, we've known a couple of new players are coming in. Christopher Walken as the Emperor. Florence Pugh as the Princess. A new Harkonnen is coming with Elvis himself, Austin Butler. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to look? And I'll tell you what. They look good. I mean, we didn't get to see any Christopher Walken. I, they're, they're keeping Christopher Walken as the Emperor a little bit under wraps, it feels. But obviously, we got to hear some narration from Florence Pugh. We got a couple of really, really good looks at, uh, at uh, Austin Butler as, a Har- as one of the Harkonnens. Very deadly, lethal Harkonnen. Also looks like uh, he could have maybe got lost on his way to the set of Mad Max, the last Mad Max movie. I'm not really sure. Darth White. Darth White. <laughs> or uh, or uh, he's uh, the younger uh, Palpatine or whatever. Sidious, whatever. Um, uh, powder? Darth White. Yeah, I was going to say remember powder. powder. That's what it is. Powder in a robe. He's a, he's an angry powder. He's a, he didn't he's, get over that, 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 that bullying. <laughs> Darth White. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, he looks good. He looks good. I mean, Florence Pugh looks like Florence Pugh. I mean, they don't not really much of a change. Gray? Really, not much of a change. But I don't mind not much of a change with Florence Pugh. Not not uh, not a heavy makeup process. Yeah, for, yeah. Like she actually, let's let's see Ray's shot for a second because, like, if you can see, like, right behind Ray, up to the the left of his head Am there. I in the way? There's, he's got a Florence Pugh poster up there. Just next to Captain America. Right next yeah. to Captain America is Yelena. Don't you dare touch Oh, it actually Captain. almost auto-focused on the picture when he moved. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how smart our cameras are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the trailer's fantastic. So they now I was wondering if they were going to show a slightly different version to the public. But no, it was, it was the exact same trailer they showed us at CinemaCon. It looks great. And the moment he gets on the sandworm to do, I guess that's a rite of passage with them. <laughs> Don't do anything fancy. And he gets up on the sandworm. I thought it was awesome. Ray, you you saw the trailer. What do you think about this Dune trailer? I mean, I like the first movie. It took me like five times to actually finish it. Like five watches. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. Um, this next one, it looks it looks good. I mean, I I I, I like that Florence Pugh's in it. I mean, I'll watch it now. <laughs> I'll watch it even more quicker than I would have before. But um. I, I don't know where to go from here. Like, like I guess, uh, what's his name? Oscar Isaac. He he passed away. His character, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's he's dead, dead. Um, I'll, it looks like uh maybe half the cast has gone from the first film. Um, I did well. Yeah, you're right. We didn't see a couple of, but I mean, obviously, there's a couple of them who died, uh, be- but a couple of them are returning. Like yeah, Josh Brolin's back. Yeah, there was a shot of Josh Brolin in there. Oh, okay, I haven't yeah. read any of the books, so as far as I know, Momoa's gone and Batista's gone, right? Oh no, he's in the no, trailer. Batista's in there. Did you watch oh, but, the trailer? No, no, I did, but I, he's in the trailer. I, but, okay, never mind. <laughs> anyway. Forget it. See no, the information but, but, you get from me. But Momoa, I think, sacrificed himself. So. Right. Um, actually, Jen. Jen, by the way, just so everybody knows, Jen does not want me calling her name on this yeah, show. Yeah, but we will. But, but you were telling me who who had you guys watching like the original Dune since you were kids? Oh, it was my mom. Your mom had you watching the like the original since you were kid. What, yeah. So you just watched the new trailer for this. What did you think about it? I'm excited to see it, and I know my mom will too. And we're gonna go, definitely gonna go and see it together. Who do you have in your lap? Oh, it's an Ewok. Oh, you got Wicket? 
<laughs> on your left? Okay. <laughs> Getting ready for uh, May the 4th tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing that trips me out on the trailer is like, I, I remember the, the ships they were using. But then they still have helicopters. <laughs> no, they were using the bug wing things. Oh, That's what right, they're like, right, right. Okay, okay. They're like dragonflies. Okay. They, because that last shot reminded me of that uh, that one shot of uh, uh, the Force Awakens when the TIE fighters are. Oh, up yeah, on the yeah. Horizon. It does have that kind of feel, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I'm ready to see this movie. It's three hours. Uh, I might not finish it in the first watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, question is for you. What did you think of the new Dune Part 2 trailer? I, I think it looks great. Obviously, I loved the Part 1. Cannot wait to see Part 2. The stuff they showed us is great. What do you think about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, let's head on over now to our Mint Mobile Hotline Questions of the Day. If you guys have a question for the show and you'd like to hear your voice on our show, go ahead and call our hotline number anytime, 24-7 at 951-268-4259. And we've got a couple here today. And the first one we're going to start off with is asking about the recent SnyderCon. Check it out. Hello, John Campion crew. This is Theophilus calling from Phoenix, Arizona. Been a huge fan way back when I was in Liberia since the EMC days. Well, my question is this. It's regarding the SnyderCon event that recently took place. I was really, really disappointed, and I don't know if you were the same, but the hide behind this whole SnyderCon something was so out to the roof that we thought that we were actually going to get an announcement or something or a news regarding the Snyderverse. How do you feel about this? Were you disappointed to know that there was nothing that came out of that uh, whole stuff? Let me hear your thoughts. And may the crew and you have a wonderful day. Bye. All right. Thanks for calling that in, Theophilus. Okay. Um, you guys might remember it was about a month, maybe two months ago, that Zack Snyder put out kind of this cryptic thing where it was like a picture of, uh, not a picture was of- Was it the Superman like statue or something? No, it was, it was Dark Side. That's what oh, it was. Right, right. It was like this picture of Dark Side sort of thing with just the dates, like oh, April, yeah, right. what through whatever, right? And it was this very cryptic thing. And I mean, listen, we as movie fans, all of us, let's not point any fingers at any particular group because this is, we are all guilty of this. We take one little piece of information and then we go nuts with it. And we start making up all types of crazy shit. We all do it. We all do it. And I don't do it. <laughs> a lot of information I get goes out in one ear more Ray, than forget. other. Ray forgets or he yeah. would yeah, Ray forgets I'm, I'm asleep all. half the time this information comes in so, so this thing comes out that oh he's uh, you know he puts up the same picture dark side date through date and I, I tell you what the Snyder fans lost their minds because I started getting in like all this stuff from people saying uh, he's officially announcing Justice League part 2 and he's announcing that he got the rights back to DC. The rights back? He never had the rights. But anyway, he got the rights back to it. And he's going to be making new DC movies, Snyderverse movies over at Netflix and blah, and all this stuff. And I remember I didn't, we didn't make it a topic on the show. And, and a bunch of people wrote in. And, and I think it was somebody wrote in the live chat that day and said, like, how can you not talk about this? This could be a totally new direction for DC and blah, blah, blah. And I said, guys. It isn't anything like that. I mean, I, it sounds, first of all, it's not one date. It's a, It looks like it's a couple of days. So if it's an announcement, it would just be one day, right? That would be it. It wouldn't be a day. I said it's probably some kind of an event, whatever. 
And sure, sure enough, it became this thing that they were calling SnyderCon. And it was going to be a couple of days event. They were going to screen uh, the movies that Zack Snyder did in the DC universe. Yep, over three days. Over three days. And they were going to have some uh, some live watch-alongs, and they were going to do some Q&A. And, yep. Right? Actually, you know what? A really fun thing to do, if you are a fan of, of that yes. series of films, it sounds like just a good opportunity to get together with some fans and celebrate the mo- these particular movies if if you are a particular yeah. fan of those movies, and, right? And I think the proceeds went to a, a good cause. Yeah, too. they did. They they so like for for like I'm gonna, re- um, you know, repeat what you said. It's great for anyone who loves the Snyderverse. I mean, I like the Sny- Zack Snyder movies. I, I I was welcome to getting more. I mean, I have no problem with them. So hey, listen, I still say Man of Steel. Is the greatest is the best movie that was ever in the DCU. I mean, I I still think it's top ten. That's the most underrated comic book film of all time. One of my favorite comic book movies ever. And so it's a great opportunity. But despite the fact that they said we're going to do screenings, we're going to do this, take Q and A, there were still a lot of people who went into this thing thinking that some grand announcement like QAnon after the election some big <laughs> grand thing is about to happen and even though Zack Snyder never said anything big and grand was going to happen the fact that uh, you got to also employ some common sense here Zack Snyder has no rights to the DC films yeah. that all belongs to Warner Brothers Warner Brothers is not about to let Zack Snyder or anybody else make their own DC movies while they're trying to do theirs they're not about to let Netflix have some stuff while they're trying to do their own thing. Yeah, he, it, he's going to have his own studio and magically have all the rights to DC. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would have went for Rebel Moon, hope, hoping he would have shown. So you know, I had I nothing to do with it. Zaslav down in the bottom corner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's just hanging out. <laughs> it has nothing to do with like what the the event, but if anything, I would be excited for Rebel Moon, which I am. Which I don't know if they talked about Rebel Moon at all, but yeah. but. But, but, you know, I'm looking forward to Rebel Moon. I think a lot of people are looking forward to Rebel Moon. But I think the problem here is that a, a lot of the Snyder fans here did what we, what all of us as movie fans do. We build up something in our heads, and I know I've done it. Everybody's done it at different points, at different times, with different movies. We build up certain things, even though there's no actual evidence or proof that these things are going to happen. And, and I think that's it. I think there were a bunch of fans who went into this thing and really thought that Zack Snyder was about to announce, we're going to do Justice League 2, and Henry Cavill's back as Superman, and we're going to do all this kind of stuff. And even though there is no logical way any of that would have ever made sense, but as we do, some fans got kind of really enthusiastic about it. Look, listen, at the end of the day, I think from what I can tell, because I wasn't there, but from what I can tell, the Snyder Con was exactly what it should have been. Yeah, like an old-fashioned convention. Just yeah, like, exactly. You know, like, get to get an opportunity for fans of a couple of films to yep. get together and just celebrate those films. Of an IP, and, or not even an IP, but just, you know, a series or something like, just like kind of like an old school before the new Star Trek stuff came out and Star Trek was kind of shelved. They had Star Trek cons. No one expected, oh, they're going to have, they're going to announce all these things. You went to celebrate the IP. Yeah. Yeah. So for what it was and what it always said it was going to be, I personally don't think there was anything to be disappointed by. Let's get together, celebrate these movies that we like, and that's exactly what they did. Now, I, and, and, and to be fair, anybody who went in there and saying they're disappointed because they really thought there was going to be this announcement and this announcement and this announcement, 
Well, then that was you disappointing yourself because they never said they were going to do anything like that. They never at all. Zack Snyder never said that. Nobody involved with the organizing ever said that. That was all just stuff that fans made up in their own head. But hey, we've all done it and we'll all do it again. Hey, they got a special appearance from Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. And I heard showed Ray up Fisher there. was there. Maybe he he got he, they answer, he answered their questions. I mean, the whole thing to me would have been just having fun watching those three movies with people who love those movies as much as you know I do. Or you I'll tell you else. what, though, I saw a couple of YouTube videos of some really angry people, mm. like really angry. Like I guess one of the big things was like I guess somebody asked Zack Snyder at the Q and A. So how did Robin die? Right. Because we say, you know, because in the, the one movie, there's the, the Robin costume right, says right. jokes on you, whatever. Somebody asked, how did Robin die? And I, I guess Zack Snyder said, well, I can't really reveal that. Oh. And like, boy, this one YouTuber was pissed off. It's like, well, why the hell are we doing this if you're not even going to answer our questions? It's like, dude, <laughs> this was a thing for people to get together and just have fun. Oh, man. I, I, so I, angry con. <laughs> angry con. Yeah. That's, he, that's The problem was I, he was already upset when he got there. I, I mean, yeah, I think he was already upset. I, I mean, think about it. Like, we, we talk about the Snyder fans, like, a lot, or Snyder Cut fans a lot. But I, I try to think of, like, what I am the biggest fan of. And if I could see myself... Or uh, acting or doing... Uh, One Punch Man? Or something like that. And, like, I'm not going to say 100% I wouldn't be acting like they act towards this property. So, I don't know. I mean, some of it sounds real foolish to me, uh, standing from the outside looking at, you know? Yeah. But I, uh, other, uh, they just love this thing so much, I think. Uh, anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Do you think people who were looking forward to SnyderCon should be upset that there was no big announcements or some big revelation that, that came out of it? Or do you feel like I do that, hey, man, it was just a, a great opportunity for the fans of these movies to get together and celebrate the movies. What's there to be disappointed about? I don't know. However you guys feel about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, Let's go on to another hotline question here, and it has to do with the writer's strike that's going on right now. Check it out. Hi, this is Edward from Ohio, and I was wondering, with the writer's strike, like, I understand with actor's strike, everything got to stop, but can a movie that's already written be still produced? What does this mean for us, the movie fans? Thanks. The movie dance? I probably think they probably meant movie da fans. What's there. weird is yeah, I corrected that, and <laughs> somehow when I exported that file, it kept dance. It kept dance? Oh, well. Even though I fixed it. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously we talked about this a great length yesterday. The writer strike is now on. And you may have woke up this morning and say, well, everything still looks the same. The, the TV show's still there. The movies are still in theaters. The writer strike is one of these things where we're going to start feeling the effects of it a little bit later. That's when we're going to start feeling the effects of it. It won't be until a bit later. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is crippling. A lot of shows have just been simply production on a lot of shows has been shut down, all that kind of stuff. There are some shows where like the scripts have all already been completed and written like house of the dragon, for example, for all mankind, please. I, please I'm please. not sure about for all mankind, <laughs> but house of the dragon, which has already started production on season two. They did put out a statement that said they had all of their, all their drafts, everything, all their scripts are completely done. They're already like halfway through production. And they said they're good. So House of the Dragon season two won't be affected, but a lot of shows will be. Wait, wait, wait. So anything that's submitted already 
is, is they can use without having any ramifications. Yeah, from yeah. The strike. If, if it's written, if the yeah, work yeah, is done, okay, it's done. Okay. Right? They just that writers won't write anymore. All right. So uh, again, a lot of shows are going to have their seasons, you know, abbreviated, if you will. But something like House of the Dragon is fine right now. So the answer to the question, that the simple answer to the question is, if the script is already written and they've got it, they can move ahead with production. The trick will become if you need rewrites. If you need rewrites, then you're in trouble. Then, then you're going to have a problem. Uh, but not all movies need rewrites. And if they've got their scripts and they're down, you're right. Now, if the actors are on strike, which, by the way, the actors may go on strike because yeah. SAG... The Screen Actors Guild right now is now having their negotiations with the Producers Guild. <laughs> and they and guess what? The DGA, the Directors Guild of America, is also starting their negotiations. You could, We could have the writers, the actors, and the directors all on strike all within the next couple of weeks. Does, does this affect any other genres that have a story, like video games, let's say a story? The writers of those. I'm not sure if video no, games use say or this use is film WGA and, film writers. And okay. Well, if everything goes to crap, we at least have video games you'll to play while games. they still. Yeah, you'll still have games to play. Oh, okay. But it's not like novelists are out there like I'm not writing a novel. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing too. Remember how I just mentioned that you won't we won't feel as fans sitting down right now, we are not gonna feel the effect of the writer strike for a little bit, because mm -hmm. it's gonna come. For movies, that's especially true. Because any movie that was going to go into production tomorrow is probably not coming out in theaters till late 2024, early 2025. A lot of the movies that are going to come out over the next year are already shot and in the can. And some movies may already be in the midst of production and they've got their scripts locked. And there may even be a couple of movies upcoming that have complete script lock and they're ready to shoot and they're fine. So... From a movie point of view, we're not going to feel the effects of the writer's strike for at least a year, minimum a year, because those movies are already done and they're coming out. Television is where we'll probably feel it a little sooner. But yeah, you're right. If the writer's strike was, if, sorry, if the actor's strike was going on right now, well, then all production shuts down, right? Because there's no actors. You can't shoot something with, with actors. You can't have the actor's work already done and in the can unless it's animation. Yeah, and yeah. you make a good point about TV because I believe Jimmy Kimmel and all those are are uh, they're just going to have to be running uh, reruns right yep. now. That's yep, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live is already officially now dark. Yeah, right. Saturday Night Live cannot cannot continue because they write their show when every I, week. When I exited yesterday in Burbank, um, Disney Studios is right on the the exit for Long yep. Buena Vista. They're all lined up out there around the Disney Studios. I imagine they're at all the studios. Yeah, Paramount too. I saw. Yep. Some stuff like they're planning to go in front of Paramount. But anyways, the 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 reason when you started talking about the movies and how movies going into production tomorrow won't come out, I just keep thinking about, come on, Blade. I'll never get Blade. <laughs> I'll yeah. never get Blade. They had a rewriter. That's the thing. They just they literally oh. we just talked the other day. They literally just bought in brought in a new writer Ugh. one month before they're start, supposed to start shooting. Guess what? That writer can't that, write anymore. This is crap, man. So like I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this is gonna I'll never do. Never get my movie. I don't. I think they're probably gonna have to push back now because if they just brought in this new writer Ugh. and he can't write anymore as of yesterday, then. This supposed start of production at the now theoretically what they maybe could do, it depends. Now movies don't shoot in order, right? Many many movies will shoot. Okay, we're going to shoot this scene from the second act on day one. We're going to shoot this one scene from the third act on day two. We're going to shoot a scene from the first act. The following. I mean, they don't really shoot in order, but 
if Blade theoretically has a bunch of the script already locked, in theory, I'm just talking in theory, in theory, they could start production with their fingers crossed that the writer's strike will be settled before they get to the parts that they don't have a finished script for yet. But that's a dangerous way to make yeah, movies. That, that's that's a sounds like the Marvel way. <laughs> that's the, Mar, that's the, new, the Marvel new Marvel way. way. I don't know. You know I, what? Someone actually just said it looks like it's going to be the COVID streaming. I wonder how this is going to affect like Netflix and all this, not in a negative way, but because they have a bank of of content, people are going to go and sign up to watch that stuff because there's nothing new on TV. But see, that's the problem though, too. Like with streaming, when COVID was going on, right? And we had the big streaming boom. The streaming boom was based on the fact that that was the only place you could get new original material, right? Because COVID didn't affect the streamers because they didn't need people to go to movie theaters. So they could keep putting out all the shows they had made over the past year that wasn't ready to be released yet, but now it's ready to release. They could put out all this brand new content. The streamers aren't going to have this either. They're going to have their libraries. And like that, again, will probably push some people to go to watch, you know, Seinfeld reruns. Mm -hmm. Sure. But they're going to be as affected as anybody with things. But again, for new content. Yeah. For, yeah, sure. for content, new content. Yeah. yeah. No, no, Netflix, don't they have like a bank for like the next two months of things that they're going to release? You oh, know how oh, they have like for, the just upcoming... like movies. Yeah, just yeah. like movies. There's, there's going to be some that's already ready and done and in post-production and they'll have ready to go. We won't, again, we won't feel the impact of the writer's strike for a little bit of time. Right, right, right. Longer for movies, but a little bit shorter for TV. But we won't feel it in the next month or two. It'll be after a few months that we're going to start to really, unless you're like an avid viewer of the late night talk shows, Saturday Night Live, things like that are that are always written the week they come out. You're going to feel those immediately, but your regular favorite TV shows, those you won't notice the difference for a little while. This might be a dumb question because I, I haven't really researched this, but what about the, the foreign series that we get from korea or whatever no. like that does that affect those releases i don't think it'll affect no. those releases because i don't think their writers are part of the writers okay. guild of america so netflix got so we might see a big surge in like yeah. korean zombie shows right, or something right, like right. that right we'll have to wait and see anyway guys questions for you what do you think about this have you already maybe started seeing some impact maybe you're like a big fan of the late night talk shows or sign Live or things like that that require writing day of Maybe you're holding your breath because you know your show is going to get interrupted. I don't know. Whatever you think about this whole thing, jump down to the comments section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's do one more of our hotline questions. It's talking about the upcoming new casting of getting our brand new James Bond. Check it out. Hey, John. This is Dane from Las Vegas. When it comes to casting a new Bond actor, everyone always guesses the big names like Tom Hardy or... Idris Elba or Henry Cavill, but in all honestly, I don't see them hiring a new or a big-time actor because they will ask for a lot right from the start, producing credits, writing credits, etc. So, should we really be expecting a big-name actor? All right, thanks a lot for that, <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're laughing about something off camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, okay, so a new James Bond is coming. Yeah, a new James Bond. New I, James Bond. I, I got the official uh, scoop. What's that? It's right behind you. New James Bond. You got it? <laughs> what am I looking at? It's a James baby. It's a James baby. They said baby they wanted Bond. young and unknown. There's no other. That, I mean, there unknown. it is. James baby. You got it right there, everybody. <laughs> James Bond. baby. Young and new. 
So look, and he's right. Every time we talk about a new James Bond, you're you're 100% right. It's always a big name that we know, whether it's Tom Hiddleston, whether it's Idris Elba, whether it's uh, Rob Stark. I always forget Rob Stark's name. Uh, the guy was in the new Citadel. Oh, I don't know. Uh, and he was in Eternals. He he was. Uh, oh, okay. Why am I freezing on his name? Guys in the live chat, what was his name again? I'm, I'm freezing on Richard here. Madden. Richard Madden. Thank you. Well, Richard Madden's name comes up. Uh, obviously, my personal pick, Henry Cavill, uh, in there. The, these are all the names. Now, to be fair, that's what happens every time we talk about casting of any character. Right. Whenever the question about who should the new Batman be, usually the names that come up in the conversations are big, well-known names. When we talk about who should be in Fantastic Four, normally in those fan conversations, of which we are, we are fans, big popular names get brought up. However, let's not forget that when they cast Daniel Craig, who, by the way, is actually my favorite all-time Bond, uh, I've said this before, he combined the kick-assness of the Sean Connery Bond with the suaveness of the Roger Moore Bond. And I thought he was a perfect amalgamation of those two things. But when they announced Daniel Craig as the new James Bond, lest we forget, he was a no-name. I mean, he had been in a couple of things, but I think the biggest thing that Daniel Craig had been in is he was in, like, um, Tomb Raider. And Layer Cake. Le- oh, yeah, that's right. But was that after or before Bond? That was just before. Was it? Oh, so it was in Layer Cake. He was in um, the one, the first Lara Croft movie. Um, and I think that was about it. Nobody expected that coming. And people hated his casting. Hated it. I still remember, I was doing the movie blog at the time. I was still doing my old website, my first movie website called the movie blog. And I remember this was people, people putting out this campaign, sorry, this Craig, not bond campaign, Craig, not bond. He's not this. He's not this. It's like, dude, we haven't even seen one frame of this guy. And it turns out he was great. The highest grossing James Bond films of all time. Listen, say what you will. He's the most successful James Bond in the history of the franchise. He may not be, you to you, he may not be the best one. That's fair. But he is the most successful James Bond of the franchise. But but to your point, he was an unknown. Laura, Laura says he looks like uh, Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh Daniel Craig. <laughs> There's a picture of young Daniel Craig, ladies and gentlemen. So, so what are the pros and the cons? Uh, of the approach here about whether they go for a big name actor like a Henry Cavill or Richard Madden, an Idris Elba, something like that. <laughs> you know, I'm oh, sorry. You know who it shouldn't be, right? Who? Sean Bean. <laughs> Sean, he died in the first movie. He <laughs> dies in the first five minutes of his own Technically, movie. Technically, he was 006 and already died. <laughs> yeah, he, but yeah, don't forget, he was in the James Bond movie. Oh, he just wasn't James yeah, Bond. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, and he's, didn't he have like an old show, like Something's Rifleman? The Rifleman or something. Sean Bean had remember. like some big successful English he's a, show. He's in everything. He's great. I love Sean Not for Bean. long. <laughs> Not for long, yeah. So what are the pros and cons of going for a named actor versus an unnamed actor? Well, with the named actor, number one, you get instant headlines, right? You get a lot of attention to your project. And if you cast right, you get a lot of credibility for your project in the eyes of the audience. So like they come out and announce, listen, any of these names would do it. You come out and announce a Tom Hiddleston, 
a Richard Madden, an Idris Elba, uh, a Henry Golding, a Henry Cavill. You come out and announce any of those names, you're going to get a lot of buzz and a lot of pop and a lot of excitement. Uh, with a couple of those names, you're going to get the you know the racist piece of shit cousin humpers uh, coming out of their their slimy little woodwork too. But who gives a shit about them? But you get a, a well known name that comes out, and you're going to get a bunch of excitement. Like depending on the one you get. The downside of going out and getting a big name is that there are going to be. Look, I would get super excited if Henry Cavill comes out, right? The problem with us as fans is that, yeah, but if you don't get my big name celebrity that I want, then I'll hate it. That's what we do as fans, right? We're all guilty of it. We've all done it. And that's 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 one of the unfortunate things about us as fans. So sure, they come out and announce Henry Cavill as James Bond and I'll get super excited. But then you get a bunch of other people going, oh, I hate the casting of James, of, of Henry Cavill. Hate the casting of Henry Cavill. Blah, blah, blah. So there's that. You probably wouldn't get that with a no name right? It'd probably be more tempered. You announce that you're, you're getting Richard Madden. You'll get some people to go, yeah, Richard Madden's awesome. But you, but there are going to be some people who wanted Tom Hiddleston will go, no, that sucks. It had to be Tom Hiddleston or no one, right? So that's part of the drawback of it. The pro get some instant recognition, get some instant hype. You got a big name attached to it. The con is with a singular big name, you're going to get the people who wanted other big names are going to get really upset. Uh, a lot of the big names you mentioned, because I'm going uh, by what the producer was saying and the Robert last Broccoli. one we did about how they wanted to be a younger Bond with, you know, that has a gravitas or whatever like yeah. that. So that eliminates half of those guys. That we but remember, the, the one guy, the one producer also came out and said they don't want to go too young. Right. Because they don't want to go like they're not going to go and get somebody in their 20s for this because they, right. they don't think they're going to be able to carry the weight of what it means to be James Bond quite yet. Now, let's look at the, the pros and cons of getting a no name. Well, the con is obvious, right? It's people are going to look like they did at Daniel Craig when he first got announced and go, what? You got who? There, there's going to be an initial an initial sense of deflation. Like, because people are, been, are going to be excited to hear who the name's new James Bond is. And they come out and say, oh, oh, uh, Edward Fogaflaw is going to be. Edgar Fogaflaw, everybody, is our new James Bond. And everybody's going to be like, wait, what? Like, all that enthusiasm is going to suddenly drop. It's like, uh, well, we've never heard of Edgar Fogaflaw. Oh, he was fantastic in the Czechoslovakian uh, daytime drama, Hopes of the Soap. Uh, it was fantastic. And he was really Hope good. Hope he don't they, drop you know, the soap. People are, Czechoslovakia isn't even a country anymore. I don't know why I mentioned that one. But um, it, 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 you have that thing. There's going to be an instant deflation. The pro of a no-name, though, is that you'll get that clean slate, right? There's not going to be, like, you announce a Henry Cavill, a Tom Hiddleston, uh, a Tom uh, Hardy, uh, a you mention any of those, you're going to instantly have detractors. Instantly, there are going to be some people that hate the casting. Mm -hmm. You go with a no name, I think that's going to be tempered a bit because they won't know them enough to have a lot to hate. Mm -hmm. So it, there's pros and cons. And then like Daniel Craig, you give somebody who's a no name the opportunity to make Bond their own and to really grow into the role. It's like when Daniel Craig became Bond, we didn't see Daniel Craig as Batman because, well, let's pretend he was Batman in the movie. Like, we'd be looking at Daniel Craig and, like, maybe instead of seeing James Bond, we would see him as Batman. Or maybe we would see him as Detective, uh, uh, what's his what's his name in the in the Glass Onion movies again? Oh, I did. 
I almost said Hercule Perot, but that's obviously the. Oh the, right. yeah, uh, uh, Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc, yeah. Right. I always remember it sounds like a pen. <laughs> if at the time he was already in the Glass Onion movies, like we'd be going, oh, like I just see Benoit Blanc. I don't see right. But you get a no-name actor. It's like, well, you don't see him as anything else. You only see him as James Bond. I still think they will go the route of a named actor. I think they're they're going to want to make a big splash. I have no insider information on this. I, I have no proof of this. It's just me guessing as a fan. But my feeling is that they're going to go the route of an experienced named actor that they can build on at that point. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Jonathan, like we talked about the pros and cons of getting a, uh, a no name of getting named. Which way do you think they're going to go? I mean, gosh, I don't know. I think I think they kind of need to go the route again of like a Daniel Craig where they have experience, obviously, on set, and they're good actors, but they're not like a major brand name, like something attached to Game of Thrones, like Madden or whatever. I, I think they have to go a little more original. All right, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about that? What direction do you see them going with James Bond? Do you see other pros and cons for going with a named established actor? Do you see other pros and cons for maybe going with a no name? Which way do you think they're ultimately going to go? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to go to our tip questions that you guys have been sending in 24-7. And after we're done our tip questions, for those of you guys watching live, if you want to send in a question via Super Chat, you can do that now. The Super Chats are open. Now, before we get to all those, we're going to take a second to thank a couple of the sponsors of today's episode of The John Campus Show, our friends at HelloFresh and Honey. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's show, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. When the spring sunshine is calling your name, don't call for takeout. Get HelloFresh instead. Their quick and easy meals make feeding the family and yourself a cinch and without the high price tag. Their new fast and fresh options are ready in just 15 minutes or less. And guys, don't worry about it if you're not exactly a pro in the kitchen. HelloFresh's foolproof recipes arrive pre-portioned and easy to prepare in just a few steps. You guys know Ann and I have been using HelloFresh for a long time now, and we absolutely love it. Both of us being working professionals, it's often difficult for us to find time to make dinner together. But with HelloFresh, it's easy, it's fun, and it's absolutely delicious. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the code Campia16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 using the promo code for 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Today's episode of the John Campy Show is brought to you by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Guys, more and more, we enjoy shopping online, whether it's on our phones or our computers. And how many times have you gotten to the checkout and seen that promo code box and thought, man, if I only had a promo code, I could save some money. Well, thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So here's the situation. You're shopping online on one of your favorite sites. And when you go to checkout, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Then just wait a few seconds as Honey works its magic and searches for coupons it can find for that site that you're on. And if Honey finds working coupon, 
just watched the price drop. Recently, Ann and I were hanging out at home one evening and we decided to order in and the honey button appeared. I was able to apply coupon and I actually saved like six or seven bucks. It was that easy to use. And Honey doesn't just work on your desktop computer, it also works on your iPhone. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash campia. That's joinhoney.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh and Honey for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Remember, guys, when you check out and support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So if you look down to the description of this video, you'll find links and promo codes to all of our sponsors. And thank you again to HelloFresh and Honey. All right, guys, with that down, let's get over to your questions you guys sent in via the tip link. So, Jonathan, what do we got? All right. First off, we've got Actors Real to Real. Uh, I know you hate faith-based movies. We all do, LOL. But I got to say, the Chosen TV series on Netflix is great. They humanize Jesus and in, in, in show his different uh, friendships, his humor, flesh out the world. It's going into season four now. Would you ever give it a try? Probably not. I mean, uh, but mostly because, I mean, there's a lot of shows I am very interested in that I rarely get the chance to check out. Um, so any faith-based stuff, not for me. Again, unless anybody thinks like I'm anti-faith or anything like that for not checking out faith-based films. I formed my great distaste for faith-based films while I was in Bible college and seminary. And all of my classmates, we all hated faith-based films. They were terrible. But the one thing you said there that is rather interesting to me was that they actually give Jesus in it a little bit of character. I One of the things we all used to hate about those movies is that like Jesus in these movies was always this solemn, monotone, like whatever. It's like, I don't think that's what a, the, 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 the would have been like at all. And we really, really hated that. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just a thing. But then again, you know, this is one of those times I'm going to just uh, exercise some self-restraint and not say what's really on my mind. But no, <laughs> I, I, I've heard good things about the show, but it's probably not for me. All right. Let me interrupt you real quick. All did, right. did you like Chicken Run? I did like Chicken Run. Hell of a I trend. just know because I'm browsing the. Like, what does that have to do with? I'm sorry. Jesus. I just wanted a break. I just wanted it because I know because I know you were trying. Speaking of Jesus, have did you, you like Chicken, chicken Run? Because I know you were trying. You didn't want to really go into that, so I just was trying to think of something else. And I just saw that they released character posters for the new. They got the new Chicken Run coming. They yeah, do. Yeah, I didn't know there's a new one coming out. Smooth segue, Ray. Thank well you. done. Brought to you by Chicken Run. <laughs> what's next all right jesse has a turtle if you didn't know uh have you ever had anyone from the film industry confront you in person about anything um sorry i lost my place the film confront you in person about anything you said about them and their project <laughs> whether it was something positive or negative you said yes <laughs> all right now from Adolfo. no yep, yeah um First of all, I, it, what has happened, listen, usually people in the movie industry, whether they're writers, directors, or actors, have always been honestly great with me. I, I, I've, I've, I've had very, very, very few negative interactions with somebody. Usually it's, I've even had an actor say to me, hey, I, I heard when you said this, I'm not going to say who, I heard when you said this about me in that movie. And I just want to say, I think you were bang on. I think that was, I think that was really fair what you said. Like even when I was negative, normally it's, Hey, thanks for supporting us on that movie. When you said this about our movie, or it's usually that, but I did have one, one, I'm not going to say who the one, cause it's some, I'll tell you guys, 
off off uh, when we're off the show. I'll tell you guys off camera, but I did have one person who I'm actually quite a fan of. Uh, I'm actually a really big fan of them who, you know, they, they talked to me. I said, uh, I had said something and about, I didn't like something. And they were like, of course you're, you're a real asshole about that. <laughs> like they were like, really, you were a real asshole about that. I'm like, I, I don't know, dude, maybe if you didn't make a shitty movie <laughs> and like whatever, but uh, yeah, there was that. I've gotten and jumped three times because of you, John. What's that? I've gotten jumped by actors three times because of you. Although I also do remember <laughs> when I had, when um, uh, the the one of the most interesting ones though, I'll tell you this one because this one I, I've said out, out in public before, so I can say it again. Was back when Tyrese <laughs> knocked on your door that one night. When when Tyrese <laughs> kind of went off on Dwayne Johnson and all the stuff about how you know, all whatever, and and I I had some pretty strong opinions about that. Um, some pretty strong negative opinions about that. Well, Tyrese, Tyrese DMs me and he's like, we need to talk. What's your phone number? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not giving you my phone number. Now, now to be fair, to, to be fair, lest, lest anybody think there's any steam between me and Tyrese. Um, number one, I, I would bet a thousand dollars that, if you said my name to his face right now, he wouldn't even remember who I am. <laughs> so there's that because I am a fucking nobody. Uh, but the second thing is uh, we, we kind of smooth things out after that. Cause I, I think I saw, uh, I think it was, what was that cop movie he did just a couple of years ago? It oh, might be called black yeah, and blue. Black, yeah. Yeah. Black and blue, which I actually thought was actually, you know what? I actually thought that was a pretty right. decent little film. And when I saw it and I liked him in it, when I saw it and I liked him in it, I reached out to him. And, I, and, and so I sent him a message. Say, hey, listen, just want to let you know, I, I went, just got back from watching Black and Blue. And I thought you were pretty damn solid. I thought it was pretty good. And then he said something nice back. And that was it. That's, that's the end of any interaction. But yes, getting an angry message from Tyrese saying, we need to talk. What's your phone number? Mark 24 said he'll duct tape you and send you into space. I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was He was that there was at CinemaCon. I thought he was going to go up to you and... <laughs> You did too. See, Tyrese comes out on stage and Ray's like, wait for it, John. Here it comes. He's going to shout you out. He's going to shout <laughs> you out right you now. Out. Be like, I want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. From Adolfo. Hey, John, first time, long time. How frightening is the animal cruelty in the Gardens of the Galaxy 3? I oh. lost my dog a year ago and he was in pain in his final moments. So I'm sensitive to animals in pain. I'm also bringing a date to the movie. Is this a bad date movie? Oh, it's not a bad day move, but okay, look, uh, all sensitive, listen, I have lost pets. I've been a pet owner my whole life. I've lost pets. I'll lose more. Uh, and, and that's a heavy emotional thing. I'm not downplaying that at all. What I have found funny, though, is that, you know, I've gotten a lot of messages from a lot of people going, oh, man, I, I don't know. Like, is the animal cruelty bad? You don't know, I mean, almost every movie we watch, like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100, 200, 300 people, people die. Yeah, but in the movies you watch, it's a special kind but, of love. But if an animal that I no, I get it. I, as a pet owner, I totally get it. I do. I just think we're kind of funny that way. Yeah, it's like a guy walked out of a room where he just shot and murdered eighty five people, but yeah. that kitten got hit by a car crossing the street. Yeah, I, I, like I, right. It, it just, those people he killed were corruptible, evil men. <laughs> evil people, right? I've gotten really sensitive to like animal stuff too. Like even like at CinemaCon with the Napoleon trailer. Right, I was just worried about the horses. The horses. By the way, guys, I don't know when they will release the footage of Napoleon. 
the new Ridley Scott movie with Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know when or if they will release the footage they showed us. They showed us like a 12-minute scene, and it is freaking awesome. Hmm. But yes, you're going to be worried about some horses. It's, it's been a while since we've seen something like that, like Napoleon, yeah. that Napoleon thing. It's been that a while. That kind of a movie. Oh, uh, to answer your question, I think you're going to be fine. I mean, again, every, but it's there will be tears. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, there's, there's going to be tears. All right, what's next? All right, from uh, Tip Red One, uh, Real Talk. John, like many, I had the mistake of dismissing Paddington as a childish story many years ago. After hearing your praise about it on the show, I thought I gave, I'd give it a try, and my goodness, did I love it. Hoping to see more of this character on the big screen. It's, listen, I'm telling you what, people think I'm joking when I say this. If Paddington 3, number one, gets made, which they say they're doing it now, if Paddington 3 comes out, and if it is on par with Paddington 1 and Paddington 2... We are talking about a new trilogy of films that is in the conversation of the best trilogies ever made. And I'm not even joking. It's that good. I Again, I've told the story before, but I, I was looking at going to see the first press screening of the first Paddington and Anne didn't want to go. And so I went to Schnepp and I asked Schnepp if he said, listen, I need somebody to come with me. Oh, look what Ray, Ray's got there. I went to Schnepp. <laughs> And I asked Schnepp if he would come with me. He's like, eh, it looks like crap, but I'll go. Like, yeah, let's just go see it. And I still remember me and John Schnepp came out of that theater and we're like, that was awesome. Like, it's so, it makes, maybe we overuse the phrase, but it's, they're movies that make your heart smile. They're so good. And I'm glad you gave it a shot, man. And that's, that's what was my favorite part of the unbearable weight of massive talent was when they're talking about what is the greatest movie of all time. Paddington 2. And they're like, yeah. It was like, that was my favorite part of that movie. Anyway. All right. What's next? Okay. Red One Real Talk writes, excited to see Guardians 3 on Thursday. Feel free to ignore this if answering could spoil the film, but does Guardians give more clarity about the narrative direction of the MCU? I think I'll still enjoy it um, if it's more self-contained and doesn't. I would say, and I don't think it's spoiling anything. I think it's 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 safe to say that this is a movie that is more of a self-contained story, which makes a lot of sense because they're off in some corner of the galaxy, right? That, like so, it's but yes, this is a I I use the term insulated. This is an insulated movie uh, on its own, and it's it's wonderful. It's I again I don't like it quite as much as Guardians of the Galaxy one, but it's. I think it's wonderful. I had a great time. Anne and I both had a wonderful time watching this film. I think everybody in the audience I was with enjoyed it. So I hope you will too. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, we got Razor ATX. Very excited about the Marvels, but I think Captain Marvel had the benefit of coming out between um, uh, Infinity War and Endgame and having the Infinity War post-credit scene. Don't think it makes a billion unless... Um, I have no idea what... W O. Women of Marvel is excellent. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Guys, please don't use W O what? Please M don't use acronyms when you write in. Um, you know what? I've heard people make that excuse before, and I don't buy it for one second. I don't buy it for a second uh, because that's that would imply that any movie that came out in between two other big movies, because I've heard that used as an excuse for another movie's failure. Oh, it only did bad because it was in between these two big movies. Nah, Captain Marvel worked great because it was a solid, wonderful marketing campaign. You had an Academy Award winning actress in it. And it was the first Marvel film that had a female lead after 20 something movies. Um, and everybody's just so quick to dismiss all those things and create this excuse and create this myth that, oh, 
it only happened because these two things were big. Really? Mathematically show how that makes sense. Well, we can't. Obviously, you can't because it's not a thing. Um, there have been other characters that have been propped up in post credit scenes that did not lead then to a billion-dollar film. So I don't believe that at all. Now, I don't personally believe the Marvels will be a billion-dollar film. I think it has a shot. I definitely think it has a shot. But if I had to put 10 bucks on it, I don't think the Marvels would be a billion-dollar film like Captain Marvel did. But it's going to be big. It's, it's, it's going to be big nonetheless. All right, what's next? Okay, Stubble McShave is next. Concerning new Oscar rules, so if I really dislike a movie, can I and a few friends arrange five public showings of the movie to have it disqualified? If that's the case, I'm sure... That won't uh, be misused, sarcastically throws hands in the air. I had no idea. So what you don't know he's talking about there, yesterday we talked about how the Academy has introduced new, very restrictive rules about how you can try to pump and promote a movie to win an Oscar. One of the rules was prior to nominations being made, you can have no more than four hosted screenings. Why that won't apply to you, though, is because it's talking to you if you're an Academy member. If you're an Academy member right. and a voting member of the Academy, which of there are like seven or 8,000 of them, then you can't do it. But I, who am not a voting member of the Academy, I can hold 20 Shang-Chi screenings if I want. I, it doesn't matter. won't matter. So no, it only applies if it has to do with somebody who's a voting member of the Academy. So you're, you're in the clear on that. All right, what's next? Okay, Razor ATX writes, doesn't Blade have a month before shooting for rewrites yep. <laughs> with the strike? That sounds like a lot of trouble for that production. Uh, again, I it, 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 is, it is a little bit of a precarious. Uh, I am not going to be surprised to find out that they don't start shooting on time because uh, they literally just got on a new writer and the writer strike happened the next day. So with them, the fact that they brought on a new writer says that the script is not ready to go. The fact that they brought on a new writer one month before they're supposed to start shooting looks a little bit disorganized, uh, but it could be a problem. I mean, there are ways, there are ways around it, maybe, but it could be a big problem for Blade. All right, what's next? All right, Orange Hand writes, I fully support, I fully support writers getting paid good wages. However, and this may just be playing devil's advocate, couldn't having six or more writers on a project end up as too many cooks? A uh, situation that hurts the creative vision of the project overall. No, if, uh, when I go back and look at all of my favorite shows, their writers' rooms were always huge. They always had huge writers' rooms because you're talking about. Well, for a lot of shows I would watch, you're talking about shows that had like 20 episodes a season, and you had multiple things going at once, and you needed you couldn't just have whatever. So, like I look back at uh, like one of my top three favorite shows of all time, Spartacus, right? And and I see the writers' room like that was a big writers' room. And so, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a problem. It's not the same thing as talking about one single movie project where you have one 90 minute thing you got to crank out when you're talking about, you know, you've got to have all these interconnected pieces with these scripts that are probably accumulating to 10 to 14 hours of television, unless you're one of these pathetic Disney plus shows that are a half hour and six episodes each. Anyway, I won't go off on that rant again. Um, then you need, and you need to move at a certain expediency, you need multiple people with points of views and different things to, to, to approach. Now listen, there are some shows that do it the old-fashioned way, like just a couple of writers, but all of my personal favorite shows of all time have all had robust writer's rooms. So there's that. All right, what's next? All right, Matt Sanders writes, Hey, John, just wanted to say rest in peace to good Canadian kid Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, I didn't know Gordon Lightfoot passed away. I didn't know Gordon Lightfoot passed away either. Um, he was one of the greatest uh, singer-songwriters ever. 
he was i i didn't know he had passed away uh he he was the epitome of a, of a folk singer uh i mean like i, I grew up around his music i was look i'm not going to be disingenuous i was never a big gordon lightfoot fan myself but you can't grow up in canada he was a be, canadian institution yeah he was a canadian institution 100 percent. and and uh wow i did not know he passed away there's a great um there's a great documentary out on him i think it's on netflix that i really? saw a while back yeah it's really good i might have to check that out now yeah all right what's next um all right james <clears throat> excuse me james uh desio writes thank you for being respectful of spoilers with this huge week of guardians 3 barry and succession it's sometimes hard to see uh at all and sometimes you have to prioritize like i did even then i still muted pin <laughs> pinball on twitter uh seeing it this weekend <laughs> there you go ray you want somebody over yes somebody's gonna watch somebody's really gonna watch it yeah. One person it. is going to watch yes. it. Yes. Dude, you are technically an influencer. I'm, I'm going to make a more break. You are now a social media I'm influencer. I'm going to make or break this guy's trust with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a good movie. I mean, I like it. I mean, I don't know. I, um, no, listen, uh, it's, uh, we, look, like anybody else, sometimes we will accidentally spill some. We try not to do that, but I'm, I'm glad you're getting caught up on this stuff. All right, what's next? All right, uh, we've got uh, Skin Kardashian. Just finished Horizon Zero <laughs> Dawn and was not ready for that twist at the end. I'm so excited for the show. Now I need $500 for a PS5, you and me both, so I can play the new one. Uh, definitely on the upper echelon of Sony's catalog. Um, the, Last the Last of Us? of Us will never be touched, but this is great. Oh, whenever somebody says such and such will never be touched, it usually gets touched. Um <laughs> That I'm talking. I'm not talking about people, Ray. I know it just. I, I just. Yeah. I'm not okay. talking about people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, whatever. Dirty um, mind. I still have. Listen, I I have put it on my. Ann and I have this. Um, Ann did this great thing when we put together our theater room. Ann put together this. Uh, what's a, you call? What would I call it? Like. It's basically kind of like a chalkboard in the room uh, that she made. And on it, she puts, uh, let me see if I can find this here. Well, while, while you're trying to find that, I got to point out, even though I'm an Xbox guy, how you say that's uh, upper echelon of Sony games. Right. I think a lot of the Sony properties start at upper echelon. They're really good. I mean... I, I ain't too proud to admit that. So, so actually, here I'll bring this. So, see if you can bring this picture up here. Okay, so this is our theater room uh, that we have at home. Now, if you look to the right of the screen, you well, first of all, you see a bunch of black sound treatment uh, things up on the wall. Those big rectangles. That's for sound treatment, so you don't have room echo or anything like that. So, to the side of one of those though is a big blackboard that Anne put in. And she put that in there. It was a really, really good idea. So you, we could write on the blackboard when something comes to our head of something we want to watch, right? And we put it up there. And I put up there the uh, Horizon Zero Dawn stuff because we've had a bunch of people writing in lately saying I should really watch uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn cutscene. So I've got those two plus Jedi Survivor. I downloaded Jedi Survivor, but I think we're going to watch the cutscene movie before I play the game. But uh, I, that is definitely on my to-do list. All right, what's next? Um, oh, so that was the last of the tips. So, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you to everybody for sending in those tip questions. Again, if you have a tip question you want to send in, you don't have to wait for the show to be live. Go ahead and send it into our tip link at stream elements, 
There it is. Streamelements.com slash John Campion slash tip. And we'll get to it on our next show. But now we're going to move over and do something we haven't done on the main show for a while, which is to take live questions from our audience. But before we get to those live questions that you guys have been sending in, we're going to take a second to thank another sponsor of today's episode of the John Campion Show, my mobile service provider, the good folks at Mint Mobile. We want to thank a sponsor of this there. video, Mint Mobile. One, From the gas pump well, to the grocery yeah, store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is okay. everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. It Thankfully, kind of there's in. one company out there it's that's giving you a much-needed break. It's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, one Mint minute. Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting it's at just $15 a month. You guys know that ever since I switched to Mint Mobile, I've been saving almost 70% a month over my old phone plan. For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers that, premium exactly wireless for just is, $15 a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes the significant savings on to you. All of their plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends over at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with all that down, let's go over and take your live question, shall we? So, Jonathan, what do we got in there? Uh, let's see. Let me scroll down here. Oh, it's going to fit like that. Uh, what's your favorite car chase in a movie? Comes from Joseph Hudson. Ooh, I, I mean, I did not like the movie Extraction, but th there's a car scene in there that was great. You know what? Ed, there's the movie Ronin, which has a really good one. But, uh, ooh. The Right. Oh, my most recent memory of a good car chase was the Hawkeye from Hawkeye. I really liked Hawkeye the Hawkeye was they a did great that. one. Yeah. So. Oh, you know what? Another movie I didn't like all that much, but it had a great one was uh, what was the Quentin Tarantino half of Grindhouse? Uh, death Car uh, or Death? No, Death Wish. Death. Um, death. Death. Face Car. The name death of the Row car. Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, death, death, what, proof, death Proof. Death, death proof. proof. That's what it was. Wow. Uh, death Proof. That I, I'm not a big fan of Death Proof. But the car chase scene in Death Proof is pretty awesome. I love that one. All right, what's next? Uh, oh, that's tips. This is Super Chats. Uh, doing Guardians IMAX Marathon tonight at AMC Tyler. Ooh, that's the movie theater we go to is AMC Tyler. Yeah, I, I didn't have it in me to do a marathon of it, although I do really do like the Guardians movies. But um, it, that's the other problem, though, with the thing, because... There is important stuff that happens between the end of Guardians 2 and the beginning of Guardians 3 that have to do with the Guardians that doesn't... So Guardians 2 doesn't really flow really well into Guardians 3 because you need that other stuff that happens in like Endgame and Infinity War. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I hope you're going to have a really good time tonight. All right, what's next? All right, best movie of 2023 so far, Guardians 3 or The Flash? Uh, neither. Uh, Air is the best film of 2023 wow. so far. Booyah! Uh, but I'd say out of those two, I did a video on this this past weekend. For me personally, this is a subjective opinion. While I like both very, very much, Flash and Guardians 3, I would personally give the slight edge to Flash. I enjoyed that one just a little bit more. All right, what's next? I keep hitting tips. 
All right. Uh, let's see, we got Dialer, uh, Dildar the Glorious. Let's hope the strike doesn't last um, long. Like last time, TV and movies were unbearable to watch at that time, and shows are already shutting down. But hey, at least uh, Milf Man or what does that say? Who uh, knows? We'll get more views. La uh, laughing my ass off. No idea what that is. But yeah, listen, last time, for those, some people may not remember. The last time there was a writer's strike 15 years ago, it wreaked havoc on the entire entertainment industry. One of my favorite shows, Heroes at the time, got totally screwed. Um, like it just, it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. It was absolutely terrible. And people who don't remember it and like, ah, like you can tell when they're younger people because they're like, I don't think a writer's strike is all that big a deal. You clearly were not watching a lot of television <laughs> then 15 years ago, because if you do remember that, it was horrible that writer strike anyway all right what's next all right we've got lantern who writes snyder just uses his dumb fans to make money now i don't think that's true i know uh, i don't think that's true at all by the way just just to be clear every celebrity uses their celebrity to make money that's their job but but no i i don't i don't think that's fair to say i think zach snyder is a filmmaker creator he's trying to leverage what tools he has available to him just like everybody else in the business does and he's just out there trying to make good art for for to entertain yeah, people and he loves his what what he made he loves yeah, what he made, he what I he made. made. he's proud of what, what he made make. yeah be proud of it so what's next uh dildor the glorious is back the discourse with zach and gun is stupid do they forget him and gun have been friends for years and gun wrote dawn of the dead and zach pretty much said gun is uh, the reason he ever even has a career it, it, that doesn't matter to people like listen when people get hot and Facts they latch matter. on to their own little pet thing. They really, logic doesn't matter to a lot of people. L like pure logic just doesn't matter to people when they get like that. And so you can tell them, you can lay it out. You can say, look, this, this doesn't matter. They've already made up in their own head that this is this. And yeah. it is what it is. Just ignore it and move on. All right. What's next? All uh, right. We keep doing that. I set up a second button for that. Okay. Any plans to watch Star Wars this May 4th? Yes. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, the one thing I can say, Ann and I have had our theater room now for a little while, but we've never watched a Star Wars. I mean, we watched Andor and Mandalorian and you know all that kind of stuff, but we've never gone back and watched the Star Wars movies uh, on it. The real Star Wars movies, you know, the original. Spaceballs. Yeah, well, no, I haven't watched Spaceballs <laughs> on there either. <laughs> but New Hope, Empire, Jedi, haven't done that yet, and probably do at least one of those tomorrow. At least one. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, James Germain writes, hi, John, wondering your thoughts on movie um, about Tar Vizsla and his rise to power to unite Mandalore. Listen, I say what I, I, I tell everybody who always brings up to me. How would you like a Star Wars movie about this thing going backwards and about this thing going backwards and about this story in the past and about this story in the past? I, I'm honestly out of interest. I am. I, I want Star Wars movies now and stories that go forward. I want Star Wars shows and movies about times we have not been in yet, about characters we have not known about or heard about or visited, about stories that have not been referenced already. It's time to start making new shit in Star Wars. It, it, there are some really, really cool things you can mention going back backwards, like the Vizslas and all that kind of stuff. Yes, but I that is not where my interest lies. Well, my interest lies in what's moving forward. But do you like this character that he's talking about? Did you actually? I mean, there's enjoy a whole mythology with with all of that behind it that that can be really interesting. Mm, okay. But again, I. But I'm not interested right. anymore about in Star Wars about going backwards. I want things to start going forwards, but that's just me. All right, what's next? 
Okay, we've got uh, Shru John who writes, John, have you, are, <clears throat> you have to catch up with Superman and Lois. This show is becoming my favorite DC show. Um, they somehow managed to be very grounded and have really weird concepts like Hugh Earth at the same time. Again, I've, I was really interested. In, I, I was liking Superman and Lois in season one very much until they hit that thing where they brought in people from the Arrowverse and then I just lost interest because of that. <laughs> But I've, I've had a lot of people tell me it's gotten really good. And at some point, I am going to binge and get caught up on Superman and Lois at some point when I have the time. Look, right now I'm having trouble keeping up with uh, Succession, keeping up with uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, I got a number of things I'm trying to keep up. By the way, I didn't even know the new season of The Blacklist started. And even and that turns out they're already on like episode ten or something. I didn't even realize it started. Like I'm having a hard time keeping up with the stuff I'm already watching. But at some point, I will get caught up in and, Superman Lois. And last night it was exhausting. The Laker game, like I felt so tired after. God. I had two things yesterday. Yeah, I know you must have been. <laughs> I had the Maple Leaf game, which again, like they did the last series, they lost game one, which just kicked the shit out of any of my enthusiasm for the night. But did they lose bad? They lost four to two, but it doesn't matter. You can lose. You can lose twenty to nothing. It doesn't matter. You're still zero and one, right? You still it, 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 fuck da ah, Leafs. Come on. Anyway, uh, and then <laughs> you guys came over. Ray and Ryan came over. They brought for. By the way, Chef Pleasures. That was the best. Ray and Ryan came over for the Laker game because the the Leaf game was on at four. The Laker game was on at seven, and they the guys came over and brought stuff to barbecue, and it was. Awesome. That was really good that last was night. Really, really good. That was really enjoyable. All right. What's next? All right. We've got Corey. Please skip this if it's uh, it's spoilers. My friend has not watched Black Panther 2 or Ant-Man 3 and is concerned about um, possible connections to Guardians 3. Do you think he will be fine to watch Guardians 3? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, the Guardians are off in some yeah. pocket of the universe a million light years away. So it is a self-contained, insulated story. You're totally good. You don't have to watch... Uh, those particular movies to be caught up on what's going on there at all. All right, what's next? All right, never, never knew lose your nerd. Sorry, guys, it's muscle memory. Uh, can't believe it's already 13 months as a member. Wow, yeah, I had somebody I saw for the first time. They, oh, by the way, that is a good thing to remind me of. Guys, later, for those of you who are channel members, we're doing a town hall channel members meeting at 3 p.m. Los Angeles time today. And I forgot to mention that off the top. So if you are one of our beloved channel members, 3 p.m. today, I'll, I'll put up a, an announcement for it in the community tab as well. Uh, but it was funny because the other day I realized I'm starting to see these gold tickets. That's awesome. They, and because that means it. they've been members for a year, which was really exciting. See, thank you so much for being a member for that long, man. I appreciate it, dude. All right, what's next? All right, Angel Silva writes, surprised my mom with AMC Prime showing Return of the Jedi. Nice. She had no idea what we were uh, watching until the opening crawl. Her reaction was priceless. You know, that for that's awesome. I, my wife, Anne, has, um, well, my wife has four degrees. Um, and she is currently now in her doctorate. She's working on her doctorate now. So she has got some kind of, doctrinal candidate dinner tonight at USC. So she's out. I think I might take advantage of that free time and run over to AMC Tyler to go watch Return of the Jedi tonight. I think because it has been a real long time since I've seen that movie on the big screen. And it's my favorite Star Wars movie, by the way. Um, so I might have to go and do that tonight. All right, what's next? 
Okay, we've got, we just answered Angel. Orange Hand writes, Daniel Craig actually played a villain in one of the Sharp uh, films. Sean Bean series as a British rifle. That was it. Sean the Bean rifleman. as a rifleman right. uh, in the early 90s. Actors like Brian Cox and Mark Strong also appeared as well. You know what's funny? Now, you mentioned That reminded me of this. I've, I started going back. For some of you who follow me, um, I have started going back and started my rewatch of The West Wing. Now, I was real late to The West. I never watched The West Wing when it was on TV. I, it was some years after it had finished its run. I started watching it on streaming and, and kind of binged it on streaming, fell in love with it. But that was many years ago. So I went back and started a rewatch of, uh, of West Wing again last week. I'm now up to episode 10, I think. It is crazy how many actors and people are in that movie or in that show that later went on to do great things. Like I'm watching it and like Nick Offerman <coughs> pops up. I'm like, before he was Ron Swanson, I'm like, that's Nick Offerman. Um, uh, uh, oh, damn, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale. She was President Bartlett's daughter. I totally forgot about that. So it's it's really funny when you go back and watch these older shows and you, you start seeing these actors that you know go on to do these big, uh, huge things. I'm starting to notice a lot of stuff with Tom Holland in it. Like movie wise, really? Yeah, like he's a background. He, he was in um that that Moby Dick movie. Oh, that's right, the one with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, that was not a good movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I actually, what? That was what? That was directed by Ron Howard. I know. Oh, I thought that movie was quite bad. Um, yeah, that I'm, they got panned. Oh, what? All right, what's yeah. next? Okay, uh, Madeline writes. Uh, how about Ed Spilliers, who's Jack Crusher for Bond? He wasn't bad. Like he wasn't bad as that. I. I don't know that he's got enough gravitas to do gravitas. Bond, though. I mean, he was good in, in Picard season three. He was. I don't know that I see him as Bond, to be honest with you, though. So is that like Wesley Crush or who is he? He's he's Dr. Cr I guess he would be Wesley Crusher's brother, oh, half-brother, okay. and uh, Jean-Luc's son. Whoa. So, yes. So uh, there you go. Things got uh, funny there. All right. What's next? All right. Stuffle McShave writes, I think Ben Barnes would make a good Bond. Listen, hear me, hear me, hear me. I <laughs> love Ben Barnes. Ben Barnes should be a legit A-lister in this business. I don't know why the highest profile thing he's doing right now is a cell phone commercial. Uh, you know, he's the one who's going, I'm just an attractive British actor. You know, mm. that one. I love Ben Barnes. He is so talented. Like every time he's on screen in a role, he can be in something like, a Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, a Narnia film, and be killer in it. And then he can be a villain in frickin' Punisher and be brilliant in it. He can do anything acting-wise. He's got the look. He's got the charm. He's got the screen presence. He's got he's got it all. He's frickin' got it all. And I, I just think he should 100% be a serious A-list leading guy. That, I, I, it, to me, that's what he should be. Anyway, and he's currently in Shadow and Bone, which he's the best part of that series. But I, he should absolutely be an A-list guy. And you're right. I think I could totally see him as a James Bond. I think he'd be a great Bond. All right. What's next? All uh, right. We got Joseph here writing, uh, after attending CinemaCon, which movie do you want to see the most? Still Dune 2. But I'll tell you what. There are a couple of movies that I had very little interest in that I'm now super interested mm -hmm. in. Color Purple. Holy shit. That looked amazing. Can't wait. Barbie. I was not all that interested in Barbie. Now I am. Wonka which I've been intrigued by because it's got the director of Paddington and Paddington 2, and you got Timothy Chalamet, who I think will be the next Daniel Day-Lewis. But after watching the stuff they showed us at, at that, I 
fell in love with it. Um, so all those are ones that are really, really high on my list right now. All right, what's next? Okay, we've got some support here from King Tannic. Thank you, King Tannic. Uh, and then Bill's HQ writes, let's go team uh, minus four days until the next live movie club event. Aha. So excited to finally see you live. Oh, and to get out of this terrible uh, Buffalo weather. Oh, wow. Uh, Thanks oh, for traveling. Flying in. flying in from it. Uh, guys, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I forgot to announce and to mention off the top of the show, bad me. We go over to my screen here mm -hmm. that, yes, this weekend, this Sunday. Actually, I have it here. There we go. This Sunday. Uh, you guys, some of you remember that a little bit ago, me, Christian, and Greg from uh, from Real Rejects, we did our big live event, and it was incredible fun. Thank you to everybody who came. And we talked about a whole bunch of stuff, but we specifically also focused in on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We're doing it again this Sunday. Uh in Burbank, California, and you can find in the description of this video down below two sets of tickets. One set of tickets is for the live event and to be there live and in person. So go and grab those right now if you're anywhere near the LA area or if you want to fly in with them from Buffalo. Uh, this, <laughs> or if you rather, maybe you're living in Canada or somewhere and you just want to watch it, it is also going to be unlike the first one. We didn't do this for the first one, but it will be available as a pay-per-view event. You'll be able to watch along live and the digital tickets for those are also available down below. If you're going to buy one, make sure you buy the right one. There is a difference between the live and in-person tickets and the digital ones. And we hope to see many of you guys there. All right. What's next? All right, we've got Astro Zombies who writes, the first movie I remember seeing Daniel Craig in pre-Bond was the Tom Hanks movie Road, Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition, yeah. yeah. Still a great movie. Also starring a young Tyler Hoechlin. Uh, AKA, AKA this the, new Superman. Yeah, the latest Superman and Jude Law. I, I, again, that just goes back to the theme we were talking about just a minute ago. I love it when I'm either watching an old TV show or an old movie and you come across, it's like, I totally didn't know this ex-megastar. Uh, was in this who would of course go on to become a megastar that's always that's a good deep cut there on the road to perdition i forgot about that mm -hmm. one thanks for pointing that one out all right what's next okay stubble mcshave writes do you think there's a return to the historical epics with napoleon gladiator 2 or are they the only historical epics uh we'll see uh in the coming years that will really depend on how these do right right like gladiator was sort of historical epic. I mean, they, they Ridley Scott did such a brilliant job with the first Gladiator because it was kind of part historical epic, part mo at the time modern, you know, spectacle cinema, and he merged those two together really, really well. So we'll have to see if look, Hollywood is nothing if not trend following, right? So if Ridley Scott's Napoleon comes out and crushes it. And if Ridley Scott's Gladiator 2, they're both Ridley Scott films, comes out and crushes it, oh, then you're going to see the other studios start to line up to get their historical epics put together. You absolutely will. Now, they tried a couple a few years ago. Not to mention, remember they did a Ben-Hur one? Yep. <laughs> with the actor from Boardwalk Empire? With, mm -hmm. uh, what was uh, his? Houston. Jack. What's that? Jack Houston, that's right. That was terrible and flopped terribly. And so we haven't had any more really big historical epics, or at least not many, in the years that have come and gone. But I'm telling you, if Napoleon and Gladiator 2 come out and they're big hits with the critics, with the audience, with the box office, you're going to see more studios start to make them because they all like to follow trends. All right, what's next? All right, we've got a two-parter from Gabriel LaRue. Um, one of two finally saw Babylon and uh, OMFG. It's a lot more graphic than 
uh, what I was expecting. I'm in Quebec, and here it's rated PG-13. Usually, I think USA ratings are way too restrictive, but in that case, I think we were uh, too lenient. Uh, LOL. What do you think? I I look. It's I don't remember what the actual rating, Jen. I don't know if you can look this up or not. I don't recall what the actual rating. Pretty sure it was R here. For Babylon was here. Was it R here? Like I like I thought it was a rate an R rating here. Now I think in Canada in the U.S. One of the big differences between Canada and the U.S. If I'm not mistaken, at least this was the way it was before I moved out of Canada. Was that in the U.S. an R-rated movie really doesn't mean anything because if you're 15 years old, you can still go to an R-rated movie as long as you're accompanied by somebody who's over 18. Okay, right? I got it right here. What's that? Um, in the USA, it, it was R, but where where was he from? Canada. Canada. Yeah, he's he said in Quebec. PG-13 there. They said it was PG-13 yeah, in Quebec. 13 plus. In so Quebec. so in the U.S., an R rating means hey, you can still go see it. Right? You just got to go with somebody over 18. In Canada, if there is an R rating, you cannot go to see it if you're 15, which which a lot of Americans like too, because a lot of American movie audiences like go to a, like a, I don't know, like some slasher horror film and they see somebody walk in with their seven-year-old, right? And in Canada, that can't happen. You, you, if you are under 17, you cannot go into an R-rated movie, even if you're accompanied by an adult. So there's going to be a, a, a disbalance there. So maybe a PG-13 in Quebec is kind of in a way equivalent to what an R would be here. But for, for being in America, I thought an R rating was the appropriate rating for the movie. All right, what's next? All right, Dr. Stinky writes, I see Guardians tomorrow, plus saw Naked Gun over the weekend. Oh, my I God. I thought it was fun, but very weird seeing my cousin uh, Priscilla with uh, Leslie Nielsen uh, uh, laughing. I don't know off. what the joke is there, but um, listen, the great thing about the Naked Gun movies, despite it being a little bit weird seeing OJ. Yeah. Those like there are a lot of comedies can age badly because a lot of times comedy is based on the era and the context that the movie's being made. That's what comedy is. But some comedies, whether it's Spaceballs that Ray brought up earlier, um, <laughs> the, um, oh, why am I forgetting the, the big Woody, Woody, um, Woody Allen one, the, the big one. Uh, 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 you mean? Uh, airplane? <laughs> no, that one best picture. Oh. At the Academy Awards is most famous comedy. Right. I, I'm looking at the poster. It's got, um, uh, Keaton in it. Um, yep, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton in it. It's why am I freezing on the name? I, I just went blank too. The, Annie Hall. There we go. Annie Hall. Annie Hall. Um, if you watch Annie Hall, if you watch Spaceball, and I would say, good Canadian kid Leslie Nielsen's Naked Gun movies, those stand up. I still contend those movies all stand up and stand up very, very, very well. All right, what's next? All right, we've got uh, Kenneth Crayley Jr. who writes, John, now uh, now that we're going to see Sasha Kale as Supergirl, uh, or as a Kale, uh, in the Flash movie, where do you rank the different uh, live-action Supergirl Kara Zor-El's? I, I don't walk, I don't give a shit about the character, to be honest with you. We've got to do a top 10 right now. Yeah, no, I, I, like, I, I know there was one in Smallville, uh, there was obviously the early 1980s movie yeah, that one. one. <laughs> that uh, I, I mean, I, I, just, I don't. <laughs> the CW version. The I'm CW. not. I'm not usually a big fan of derivative characters. I, so. I, I will say, I I like this new Supergirl that we oh, saw on the Flash. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. She, she is it right there. She's really good. Oh. This new Supergirl 
And this movie is really good and very, very enjoyable. Um, but I, I can't rank them because I, I never pay attention to them, to be honest with you. But this one's great. This one's really good. All right, what's next? All right, James Desio uh, asks, wait, Pinball's a real movie? Ray, this is your chance. This is it. You it's got 30 seconds to pitch it. Pinball, the man who saved the game. I like to call it Terminal with Pinball. <laughs> I mean... You might not be saving it right now. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no. You no, might no. just I may kill not the be movie. saving it at all. I, I just think... So if, is it based on a true story, though? Yeah, yeah, it's based okay. on a true story. I, I It was a, a surprise. I put it on, and then I was doing something, and then I stopped what I was doing and just finished the movie. I rarely do that, so... There you go. All right. And where, so where can people find it if they want to watch it? You I, don't, I don't know. Well, look it up. Give people some information. Uh, okay, we'll keep okay. going we'll here. Come, we'll we'll come keep back. going with the next question. You tell Pinball us what watch, you find. Pinball Watch 2023. Pinball Watch. Okay, right, what's next? Kelsey uh, Chanel writes, uh, do I need to see Ant-Man 3 before Gardens of uh, the Galaxy 3? Life got in the way to see Ant-Man, so I don't know if it's needed. Here's the thing, Kelsey. You don't need to see Ant-Man 3 at all. Uh, so you can take a pass on this, but no. You don't need to have seen... Somebody was asking earlier about Ant-Man 3 or Wakanda Forever. You don't need to see any of those films. You're totally good. Now, it would help if you've seen the other Guardians movies, and it would help if you saw Infinity War and Endgame. That will bring you up to really the context that they're in going into 3, but any other MCU movie, you don't need to see. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, Chris Miner asks, thoughts on Succession so far? Brilliant. It's, it's one of the best shows on TV. Like, I still have things like last of us above it i still have yellowstone above it but succession is brilliant television it is one of the best things out there i got an answer for you it's just you can purchase it for on pinball yeah yeah prime video or apple tv for 3.99 right now but what's interesting is on rotten tomatoes it still holds okay? whoa 94 uh uh tomato meter 95 percent audience meter there you go yeah all right what's next all right, we've got our final... Actually, Walter Huntley sends in a super chat here. Thank you, and Walter. And I've got to just drag this down a little bit. This is our final one here. Chef Thanos writes, John, I just wanted to say amongst the young directors making movies today, Damien Chazelle has, uh, has to be one of the best and by far exceeds his peers in terms of pure skill and dedication to the craft. Damien Chazelle is a phenomenal filmmaker from Whiplash which is the one that I think most of us really first took notice of Damien Chazelle. La La Land, which you know was a, a lot of people felt should have won the Academy Award, but won several Academy Awards. It's a brilliant film. His first man movie that he did with Ryan Gosling was not in the top five of the year or anything, but it was a really, really well-made movie, great movie. And Babylon, which I personally think is kind of his weakest movie, but it's... Man, that is a spectacle of a film. And he has a, a tremendous gift for storytelling and a very different way of doing it. And you're right. He's probably one of, if not the best young director in the business today. Like when you're, when like we're, we're now in a transition period, right? Like we're in the period now where guys like Tarantino, Spielberg, Scorsese, uh, guys like that, they're now moving into the twilight of their careers and they're getting to move in. And we're welcoming in the next round and the next thing. And we're talking about this era is going to have guys like Damien Chazelle, guys like Ryan Coogler and, and things like that. It's, it's an exciting, exciting time. Uh, we are getting the next batch of all time greats, I think. And uh, Damien Chazelle is going to be one of those guys. He's going to be one of those guys. And uh, is that it? That was all. Well, guys, then that'll do it. 
For today's installment of the John Campion Show, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the tip questions and the super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Don't forget, guys, if you are a channel member, thank you for being one of our beloved channel members. Uh, but a little bit later today at 3 p.m. Los Angeles time, we're going to have a channel member town hall meeting. So come on back and join me for that. I'll look forward to seeing you guys there. And don't forget to come on back and join us for tomorrow's episode of the John Campia Show. We can't wait to see you. So for everybody in the room with me, we got Ray over there, Jen back there. Jonathan's been running the show. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.